you're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Scotty Ryanshield. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. <laughs> Joining me are the user characters, ChewySide55, Carlos Fonseca, Mike Ellis, and John Hammer. Hey, guys. Hey. What's going on? Looks like we got uh, a lot of racing results we've seemed to got a bit behind on, so <clears throat> let's jump right into it. Um, I guess uh, first up on the list that we haven't got to for a while is the uh, Pro Series. Looks like uh, Sonoma, uh, top split, uh, Bobby Zelensky captured the win there uh, with a commanding lead of 12.853 seconds. Christian Challoner uh, came in second, and uh, Ryan Michael Luza rounded out the top three. Uh, Luza, uh, at that point, still held a, a slight lead over Zelensky, and uh, we've since had a couple more races. We'll get into that. Um, but uh, as far as our our team, Tafosi, uh, only a couple of us ran Sonoma. So. That toplet, you said he won by 12 seconds. Boy, that's really schooling those other guys. Yeah, I, I actually watched the last probably 20 laps of that, and uh, there was nobody even around him. Uh, you know, he, he got a pretty good jump and was able to to kind of take it easy towards the end where the other guys were all in a pack fighting mm-hmm. it out, slipping and sliding on old tires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of these names in the top 10, Christian Challoner, who finished second, He's no slouch on road courses. Uh, Marcus Richardson, he's up there in six. I've, I've run with these guys before, and they're really good. Yeah, yeah. It was exciting at the end, uh, I think, and maybe he got back to f- sixth or seventh, eighth position. They were all bunched, sliding sideways through the last few turns. <laughs> One of them was going down the straightaway sideways. It, it was a pretty, pretty exciting finish. And then, Carlos, you made second split. I think I remember you saying you made a big mistake by not qualifying. All that. Well, not that I didn't want to qualify. I missed it. I don't know if that was the week where it, they moved the qualifying slightly. It was a different time than usual. Yep, it was. So I missed qualifying, started 37th, and working my way up actually really nicely through the field. And that was it, turn 10, whatever turn, turn it is before the last corner. Right there, I just touched the dirt on the exit and just lost it. Oh, no, no, I got loose. I hit the brake and it just sent me around and said, oh, crap, I'm going to hit the wall. It was one of those moments where you know you're going to hit the wall, but you still have time to talk about it. (laughs) I hate those moments. (laughs) Ouch, this is going to hurt. So that was a 20-second finish. You think you could have done better if you got the qualifying in? Oh, yeah, that would have been at least top 10, if not 5. Right. Same with those. You did pretty well. Yeah, watching it, it didn't seem like you have a lot of opportunity to pass there. Nope, just pretty much both hairpins and throwing it in there and hope both of you don't die. And then Jose yeah. ran as well. He finished 14th, uh, started 22nd, so good run for him too. Yeah, yeah, so, the you know, and you got to remember these are big fields too. I don't know how many were in that, but... Uh, you know, there was in the upper 30s to, to around 40 in those Pro Series races. So 14th is a pretty good finish there. Yep. Uh, the next uh, the next Pro Series was the, the week later at Richmond. Um, some exciting short track action. And uh, Ryan Michael Luza in the top split. Uh, Made it look easy. I, mean, I watched most of this race and uh, held a commanding lead. Uh, he grabbed the pole, led 179 of the 200 laps. Uh, obviously, only given up the lead on a couple pit cycles, uh, and uh, he had the fastest lap of the race quite a bit as well. Uh, Derek Bordeaux picked up uh, P2 and Yarl Tien uh, finished third. Uh, Usually when I watch these top split races with these guys, they they don't seem to be riddled with cautions, but it took a while for this race to get going. It was like every every few laps, 
somebody was losing it off of two. Yeah, the whole, if looking at the results, the whole back half of the field all racked out, it looks like, the bottom third. Yeah, and it, it went, a couple of them on that back stretch, once, uh, once the first person got sideways, it, it was like a whole pack of them that would get tore up. I know Bobby Zelensky, he got caught up. I mean, it wasn't 15 laps in probably, and, you know, he just got caught up in a big pileup and tore his car pretty good. And so, Carlos, you made a third split and got a top five. How about that? Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. How'd you finagle that? I don't know. I was running 14th the entire race, it seemed like. I didn't go nowhere, didn't get past that much, and didn't pass that many people. But, oh, I think I about to get a lap, and that was when we were actually pitting. Which, you know, under <laughs> Richmond in second split is kind of a shocker to be green flag pit stops. But, right after that, uh, Yellow came out. And a lot of us took wave around, so there's only a couple laps we had on the tire, so it didn't matter. And then, I don't know, we get some yellow later and do what I always do, two tires. And uh, went for it. So two, how, how did two tires work out there? Oh, they were terrible, but it wasn't, like, you know, miserable. It's just yeah, good enough to keep up. That's really the only hell I got for than being as Richmond. It's kind of hard to pass there. Unless, you know, you're some clown who keeps cutting people off, but still. And Jose... Finished, yeah, go ahead, John. Second in there. I think uh, Jeremy finished second. Jeremy Johnston finished right in front of you there, Carlos, if I remember right. Yeah, he yeah, finished P2. That was pretty awesome. So I would have been right there in actual third place if I would have just moved to the third place car. <laughs> you didn't move I him. Got. I just kept getting cut off three or four times. It's just unacceptable. If you ask me, I mean, if it if if he wasn't mad about it or anything, if I accidentally touched him or something, you know, just call it a racing incident, then yeah, it'd be fine. But to cut it all three times, and I know that guy sometimes, and he's a little, uh, I guess, wants to put the blame on others. But I mean, there's not a lot you can do as a guy behind getting your nose cut off three times. So everybody else, uh, Jose finished eight laps down uh, in that race. And then the rest of our team ended up in the fourth split, the next split down. Scotty, uh, they didn't have a very good race. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was exciting at the start, you know, with five of us being in there. Uh, all being in team speak, being able to kind of help each other. Uh, Jamie, uh, myself, and Dave, uh, for the, the first part of the race, uh, we were all running up front, uh, all in the top five at one point. Um, Dave and Jamie had, had really good cars. I, I was able to kind of keep up, but they definitely had the, the faster cars. Uh, we had a good setup for sure. Um, but there was a lot of aggression. I mean, there it was like uh, every restart was like a, a free for all, uh, you know. And I let I let uh, patience get the best of me. I, I had a guy uh, down the back stretch that that kept uh, sticking his do nose down but, but below me, you know. And it it was like he'd he'd get me there because I'd kind of let him go, and then down the front stretch I'd get him. I'd I'd pass him in one and two get going down the back stretch and he would just late break to slide up under me and we did that for about five laps uh and uh i finally decided i was gonna try to you know move down and try to hold him up a little bit and he pretty much just drove through me uh sent me up into the wall uh so that that was my fault i, I probably should have just let him go and and backed off a little bit but that's hard to do sometimes when you know you're faster than the guy but I just assumed if we kept it going for a few laps, he'd he'd kill his tires because he 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 would late break uh, going into three and and slide up real high and uh, have no momentum going down the front stretch. 
Um, there's a lot of guys like that. Uh, you know, a lot of guys getting ran into the back of because they'd they'd break it to you know where you needed to be to get down low, and and people behind them would run into them. Uh, I think that's what happened to Jamie. Uh, he he ended up making it the furthest out of any of us. Uh, you know, with no damage, he was running right up there at the front. And uh, I think somebody turned him. Uh, Dave, I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I think he was running third or fourth and maybe spun coming off of two and uh, drilled the wall. Um, but, uh, it, you know, we had some really good cars and, and we're running good. Uh, just really didn't have any finishes to show for it. I think Jamie started 16th and finished 15th. I started third and finished 19th. Dave started fifth and finished 22nd. Uh, David Thompson was in the race with us. He started 29th and finished 25th. And, and Jeff Walton started 32nd and finished 28th. But it, just a lot of aggression, unnecessary aggression. You know, I, I, I'm the type of guy that will usually let people buy uh, you know, and hope they, they do the same, but just doesn't seem to work out like that. I'm surprised the guy that finished in front of Jamie didn't take his car. You'll see if you look at the name. So Walton bringing up the rear. All right, Jeff. Good old Lambis. We'll talk about him later. Oh, Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. That's another story. All right, and then next week, uh, the pro went to Daytona. Uh, Did you catch that one, Scotty, or...? Uh, no, that, cause that was just a couple days ago here. It was on Tuesday night. Uh, I haven't really caught up with the, watching any of the replays. Uh, just looking at the results, uh, John Grilinski, uh, won, uh, with, a did, did a, uh, in a commanding style, 58 out of the hundred laps led, uh, which I, I would think for a plate tracks is pretty good with, with how many uh, lead changes there can be. I don't know. From what I saw, it was nothing but single file the entire race, even the last lap in white flag. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, nobody tried nothing. Because I think some of these guys were already, you know, they just had to finish where they were to make it to the top 10 in the points. Nobody wanted yep. to risk it, huh? Yeah, but it was it's too risky. Hey, one guy wanted to. He wanted to go to the outside, but no one went with him on the last lap, and he had a good run, too. Yep. Did any of you guys see what happened to to Luza? I, I seen he was out pretty early. No, I didn't get to catch the whole race. He was a points time. leader, right, going in? Yeah, I think he had already locked up first without even starting that last race. But I see. So with that being said, yeah, Ryan Michael Luza did uh, win it. Um, comes out on top. So congrats to him. Uh, he had a great uh, season. So he's obviously going to the Peak Series. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the top 10 uh, from that Pro Series made it to the Peak uh, straight through. Uh, the next, uh, from 11th to 20th, uh, get a Pro License and, and have the opportunity to qualify in to the to Peak Races. I, Looking at the point standings, I, I I don't know, John, Mike, do you do you guys know if that's the final final standings or does that count in drops? Um, I think that's the final, but just because you finish in the top twenty doesn't mean you get a ticket in. You also have to pass the um, the ancillary peripheral test where you have to meet the standards for the series and not just qualify on points and stuff. You have to kind of go through an interview i think oh really i didn't know that you have to have the um it's written in the documents but you basically have to pass like a personality type thing you can't be a troll or something (laughs) yeah yeah it makes sense i mean that's uh they they uh, broadcast every one of those races. They, they've got NASCAR's name on it. They, you know, peak sponsorship involved. You know, it's the top top series we have. You'd think they'd want to be pretty conservative about who they let in. Right. So Ryan Michael Luza on top. Derek Bardu second. Bobby Zelinsky third. Marcus Richardson fourth. Brian Schoenberg fifth. 
Yeah, a lot of big names there. You know, after after that's uh, Jimmy Mollis, Nolan Scott, Tyler Hill, Christian Challoner, uh, Gerlinski, Yarl. Uh, those those guys, at least the top eleven or twelve, are, are names you hear a lot. You know, and even back past that, there's quite a few big names. So our team, they ran Daytona. I know Jose had a rough race. Uh, he was complaining on on Facebook. Basically, he got ran over uh, or something. Uh, and he he's like, I can't go any faster. I'm going, and they still run over me, you know. But, yeah, he finished uh, 12 laps down after getting wrecked. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of had the same scenario happen. I... Uh, Dave uh, Smith and I were in the fifth split and uh, I I made it up my mind I, I'm really not comfortable with plate tracks I I just don't like having to rely on people I don't know uh, to be that close to me uh, so I started from the back and uh, you know it kind of just went, went pretty conservatively uh, and found a couple guys that were stragglers that ended up we we uh just the three of us once we got hooked up and and going we were staying uh the same distance from there was kind of two main packs uh, they weren't pulling away from us anymore once we got together uh, a couple things I, I think we we had a caution got restarted from the caution i had a guy blocking me and uh once he finally, once I finally got by him, the 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 pack in front of him, he had some damage. The, the pack in front of us had, had already rolled out, so I lost the draft and finally found some other guys. But uh, by then, the lead pack was coming. You know, we go high. I didn't. I wasn't really worried about going a lap down to him. Uh, and right as the they're all passing us, uh, the guy behind me starts bump drafting me, and it's. And it's like, geez, bud, you know, we let these guys go. We cruise down behind them, and about half of them got by us, and it was like bump, bump, and he finally just turned me around. So uh, he was five laps down at the time, and, you know, I was in the process of going one lap down. I, I don't know why <laughs> he felt the need to to bump me while we had the lead pack passing us on the inside, but kind of ruined my night. And Dave Smith who uh, is notorious for starting from pit lane. It always seems to work out for him, but he uh, started from pit lane, got stuck by himself, and basically as the lead pack was going by him, they took him out. Yeah, we weren't weren't probably three or four laps into the race. I don't remember. It was really early, and I remember in TeamSpeak, he was like, well, the lead pack's going by me. Well, I'm done. (laughs) That goes quick. Uh, next split down, Dave, Dave Thompson Jr., he started 20th, uh, ran right up to the front at the beginning, led a few uh, laps, was running top five for most of the race. Um, he did get sent back where he finished uh, P16 at the end. Kyle, uh, he started third, was taken out right at the start, but set through an engine replacement. And uh, The newcomer, Brad Fink, uh, he started 23rd, was uh, drove... <clears throat> through fairly early in the race and he finished p29 so not a lot of good results there for our team yeah i i mean it just seems like i i don't know uh, as you guys know i haven't really been around uh this that long i uh, only ran a handful of nis races and then i've ran most of the pro series races the pro series races seem to be way worse with people making some some really questionable judgments on driving and i hope that's the case i hope every nis race is is not going to go this way but it's just it's almost hard to stay out of trouble finishing in the top 10 requires you to survive boy does it spend three quarters of the race surviving and then you go race Yeah, it's a shame it has to be that way, but it, more and more it's seeming like that. Yeah, for some those guys who've been around here a long time, we kind of know. After six years here, and I know there's people that have been around for 10, you kind of like, in a 150-lap race at Iowa or something, you're like, just don't get lapped, <laughs> and you'll be fine. Well, this and seems like a, 
a good point as any to talk about NASCAR's new changes they've announced for all their top three series where they're going to run in segments. They're going to split the race into, into three segments to eliminate that whole, hey, we got to wait and wait and wait till the end and then race. So my first question for you guys, do you think iRacing is going to follow suit and, and mimic these segments? And uh, second question is, uh, you know, how will that change those those dynamics? I hope not. It's terrible. It should have never been an idea to exist. I mean, to begin with, it should have never been an idea. Just makes Yeah, I don't like stupid. it either. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything is what I was always <laughs> told. So I'm not going to have much to say about NASCAR right here. <laughs> I, I think I, I kind of have a big question. I, I, it's hard to, to really understand this uh, from reading. I've read Racer.com's articles, which is really just quoting uh, what NASCAR put out in their public announcement. But this doesn't really... They're not. They're not really swapping order or changing anything, right? I mean, it, it's really all points and, and uh, related. I mean, they might throw a caution in between the segments, but it really doesn't. Nobody's switching order, right? No, they're throwing a caution and awarding points basically at that moment. They're trying to do heat races so that they can get the commercials during the breaks. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I but. But if you're not switching up the order, would you consider it a heat race? Right. Right. I yeah, exactly. I mean it wouldn't be as big a deal. I mean It's an NASCAR NFL needs... football timeout. It's like halftime in the NFL. I say NASCAR just needs to let something stick for a couple of years instead of changing it yearly. I could just see it Daytona, Talladega though. You know, we were just talking about hang out and survive and then go racing. That's gone now with these new segments in NASCAR. I mean, with the points on the line, I don't think you're gonna see people hanging at the back or hanging out. I guess the conversation really is though, is iRacing gonna do it or is iRacing not gonna do it? And I think that the community I mean, if you look at the oval side of it and the characteristics of the oval side it's pretty split between people who want very short, quick races and people who want to be NIS type, and there's some that cross over. But I don't think that we will see it in, in iRacing because iRacing isn't an exact uh, replication of NASCAR. And it's it's good and it's bad, but... I kind of hope you're it right. It's just, you know, for iRacing to do that, who's going to manage that? Yeah, plus we still got a way to go. We don't even have green light checker yet. Yeah, we yeah. don't have green white checker. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to even manage that? Somebody, yep. somebody would have to be a steward in a race, or they would have to automatically throw a caution and have it built into the sim at a certain point. Right. That's a lot of extra work. That, in my opinion, they don't even need to do. There's so many other things to be done. And there like, were, and the whole idea is to award championship points that a lot yeah, of people in iRacing racing aren't really running for championship points. They're just running for the race. I mean, in NIS, you probably are. In A-Open, all of our guys run for the championship, so to speak, because they were more like NASCAR in our mindset. But we don't have a track bar adjustment in the in the garage or in the pits, and you don't have one in the car yet. There's so many things about the oval side that aren't implemented yet. How about we fix those things and worry about the format first? Everybody seems to be more or less happy with the things we are running. You don't see a lot of flaming going on about race lengths anymore my first thought was what happens to the long green flag runs you know five consecutive green flag runs you know there's going to be a ca stupid caution before you can even have something like that anymore it's just gone Is it well in iRacing yeah in iRacing we get that anyway so why do you really need to implement that there's a caution every 20 laps when somebody's tires get hot yep yeah, uh, there is a poll on on there uh, on the forums, and they uh, pretty pretty heavily weigh towards people not really liking the change. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how NASCAR shakes out and if people really accept this. But it is amazing, uh, you know, the the divide. I, I'm kind of a an old school guy that thinks nascar really needs to stick with the longer 500 mile race that's that's what they built their name on 
I like the strategies involved with laying back and coming back up through at the end or different pit strategies, how they play out. Um, I'm not really a big fan of wave arounds and lucky dogs and all that, but uh, I kind of like the way it's been the last couple years. I I get excited watching the races uh, when I get to, and I guess, uh, you know, I I don't know that shortening a race is going to bring in a lot of younger fan base to, to NASCAR. I think NASCAR's problem is that the younger generation likes all-wheel drive cars and autocross and uh, car rally cross racing on dirt. I mean, that's kind of what the younger generation likes. It's what they're into. I don't think it has a lot to do with the race lengths. I mean, if if that was an argument, Formula One would be much more popular than it is. Uh, you know, those races are typically an hour to an hour and a half uh, with a lot of... Uh, you could argue there's not a lot of excitement, but it is kind of exciting. Uh, shorter distance, pretty high-tech cars, and, and their viewership here in the United States is pretty low. Yeah, I mean, just I... throwing a caution, you know, at some arbitrary point doesn't make it feel like it's broken into separate races. You know what I mean? In iRacing, right, we have 50% races. And in my mind, I think iRacing actually does it better than NASCAR. We have half the race length. The only problem is, is we have to remember the history of NASCAR, right? If you look back, the 18 gallons of fuel comes about because of the length of the race, more or less, and the tires. So if you cut the race lengths in half, cut the fuel tank in half, and cut the tires in half, so to speak, and then you'll get the same result in half of the amount of time. I just don't see the need to drag it out for five hours, four hours. and I mean, most people sleep. Wake up from your nap and you can figure out what happened in the last 10, 10 laps. Yeah. Uh, let's jump back into, uh, there's a section here where we had some some just weekly results. Uh, most of them are building up to the Daytona 24 for our team, uh, where Brad uh, ran an IMSA race in, in the uh, Daytona prototype and finished fourth. He had a fourth place at Daytona in the National Series. Boy, he's slaying it, man. It's too bad we didn't have him on the 2014. Yeah, yeah. Carlos, he, he had a, a good finish in the Audi and the Blanc Pain Series at Daytona. Uh, Dave did real well. He uh, he won a roar before the 24 in the Kia and uh, an IMSA race in the C7, uh, P1 and both. And then uh, Jeff, uh, you know, he really wanted to jump on the Daytona team, was really involved, did a lot of practicing. Uh, unfortunately, it, it, you know, leading up to it, he didn't meet the license criteria. So it, it was, uh, came down to the last minute with him running a bunch of Mazda races to get his license up. Yeah, he literally got the right license, like maybe... 18 hours before the start of the Daytona 24. And some history with Jeff is he's actually wanted to run on the 24-hour team the last two years but didn't have the license. And so he had to sit on the sidelines. So he was just really keen on doing it. And I think think both Carlos and I, he he was so far back on the license uh, needed uh, like a week before. I'm like, there's no way he's going to get enough, you know, IR to get this done. It was actually SR he needed, so, yeah, um, but he pulled is, it off. I'll say the thing with that is when you're at that around two point something, there are, if you have a really clean race, you can jump a full point in just one race, go from two point, say 2.9 to 3.99 in one race, depending on how well you finish and how uh, clean you were. So at first it seemed a little unreachable, but I guess uh, he proved us wrong. <laughs> So talking about the 24 now, uh, I'm real proud of our team. We finished uh, fourth in both cars. We ran the Corvette C7 and the GT3. And uh, fourth, uh, I was on the C7 team, and and uh, we had some wrecks. You know, the first three or four people in the car wrecked it, basically. I think Jeff, when his first uh, start in the 24, he actually wrecked twice. Um, which caused, you know, lots of damage to be done and repairs to be done in the, the, the pits. But we still were able to keep it clean and drive it up through everybody. 
I think we were way behind the GT3s at one point. And Scotty, you took the overnight shift and you guys kept the car clean and really brought it back up towards the front. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we had some good guys overnight there. Um, Dave, uh, he he was uh, he went into beast mode and and was just really laying in the laps and. I think I did four or five stents overnight, and you know I wasn't the fastest. Uh, my laps were in the the one forty two, one forty three range, but I kind of backed it off to to that and and just tried to keep it there and drive around all the beat up traffic. And I, I don't think I I don't think I passed a GT three car that had uh, a clean body panel on it. Uh, so, you know, by the time I had gotten into the race, there there had already been plenty of mayhem and things were spread out pretty good. And I think people had calmed down a little bit. I, I didn't get to watch much throughout the day, but, you know, I like that overnight shift because it seems like people have settled down a, a bit and they're slow because they wrecked their stuff. And uh, it's probably a lot harder to, to start those races. Yeah, and, you know, I'll do a shout-out for Dave Smith. I mean, he was really the team leader on that car. Uh, he also managed the schedule. Uh, <clears throat> and he was definitely the fastest out of everybody on the team, and, and he did a great job. So good job, Dave, on your first uh, outing as team manager and a 24-hour race. He did he did really good. And then, Carlos, you, you managed the GT3 car. Tell us about your race a bit. Oh, I don't know where to begin. For one, I didn't get to see the beginning, so all I know is we started near, I don't know, mid-pack or worse. And Jose, I think, was the start. And he really worked his way up. And just to say this, he drove pretty damn well, I think, at the beginning part of the race. And we were running, what, top five at that point? I think we were running really well. And hell, we probably had the best car, and I rate our second best is... You know, just kind of hard to keep up with some certain issues that went on during the race, but I don't know. We had a, I wasn't actually too thrilled about our car, the way it drove at first, but once you get some laps on it, it was uh, one of the better ones out there. But thing I should mention is uh, we were in a field full of nothing but GT3. So like our Le Mans race that we had, same class of car, so we didn't have to deal with traffic, which was kind of a, a good thing not having to worry about someone you know freaking me out but yeah we had this, we had the same thing carlos our gt3 guys were in a split with nobody in them except gt3 cars huh i wonder yes. if we were in there with you i'm gonna check you might have been i don't know anyways i, I thought were, that was a little odd that the way they were splitting those up but you were in the split above no, we, us no we were actually dead last in the split i looked after the race Looked okay. at all the splits and it showed us as ten splits. I think or, we were I don't in the know last. Were you in the last split? Yeah, thirteenth split. Yeah, I think so. One of those splits. Yeah, we were in there with you. I think that's Tafasi yeah, think... Racing. Yeah, you're right there. Yeah, because I think I was watching earlier. Oh, hey, it's uh, them guys there. Did you guys watch the stream? <laughs> I didn't watch the stream. I missed. Oh, I didn't man. see it. Yeah, we had a stream up of that. It's. Uh, I think it's still on our YouTube page. I'll probably have to go check that out. Yeah, check it out. I don't know if you'll see yourself, but I had it on camera too for the. I did my first real legit streaming without any overlays or anything, and it worked. It was everybody was jumping up and down. I mean, yeah, we're last split. Nobody cares or nothing. But I mean, for us, it was pretty cool, and all of our family and friends and our sponsors and stuff thought it was really cool. And I thought that they said that you guys were in there too. So yeah, we we were actually really quick. I think at one point and. See, it came down to just me and the other car that was running on the lead lap. Problem was, some people got a little frustrated because they didn't like being raced too hard while being the leader. You know, they're expected because we were st- we were still on the tail end of the lead lap. We weren't lapped yet. Of course, I'm gonna fight as hard as I can to stay there. And eventually, I, you know, like Dave, you know, he threw in those really fast laps. I did the same thing for our car and just started pulling and trying to build as big of a gap as I could before Jose got back in. We were and, in the top uh, five with you there, I think, for a while in the top ten, and then we T-boned the car. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's what happened. I thought I saw your name earlier, higher up in the running, but then later I checked. So you guys are way down there. 
Yeah, we spent some time happened. putting a new motor in it. <laughs> yeah. But, a new uh, front clip. <laughs> I guess we could talk about all these uh, drops that people had. And that's really one of the main reasons why we were... At one point, we had a 5 left lead over second place and, until I kind of distracted somebody and wrecked the car. But I mean, we had a good race, you know. It, probably the best we've done. I think, well, I think most of us were pretty even in terms of uh, being able to run similar lap times. Yeah, it was pretty close. Our DP7 guys were leading their eighth split. They were in split eight. And they we spent a lot of time. Uh, Jason Martin put in a lot of time for us, and so did Benny Holloway and the guys. This is our first road official, like, real road race. And they had spent three weeks getting their licenses up. We spent a month driving the car, driving the car, driving the car. So we put uh-huh. a lot of effort into it. It was it was a lot of work, actually. Yeah, we so did it, the same thing I started right after NASCAR <laughs> season ended. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. We had a lot of fun with it for us. Um, we were leading that A-split for a while, and then we were in second place and third. We were basically a top-five car. And then, then we ran some hot laps and wrecked it. <laughs> yeah, with these races, though, it seems like no matter where you finish, it's always fun. Yeah, you know, so it was a lot of fun. The team aspect. A lot of fun. I mean, I see people get frustrated about the drops because they're trying to be, you know. Yeah. But it's kind of like the only thing I wish they would do is kind of stop the race. If that happens, find a way to halt the race or the laps from counting and then everybody pit. I threw a message up on the forums about a possible solution to that. Maybe iRacing will grab onto it. But getting dropped isn't bad. It's getting dropped and then getting put laps down. It's like yeah. having the, to repair the track, right? You have to stop yeah. the race. So if they could just find a way to do that, I think it would. a lot of people would be okay then. But we actually had something happen twice. The first, uh, Remember the first drop thing happened across the board every split? Yep. And yep. all of us dropped except for the guy who was in the car, which uh, was our lucky break, really. But yep. We eventually it was pretty fun. Back. We eventually came back and just finished fifth, which is not a bad for... We weren't... Honestly, weren't expecting to do great going in at first, but after I saw Jose put down, you know, get us up to the top five within the first hour or two, and yeah, we thought we had a shot to win that thing, but fifth place is not bad, and I'll take it. I kind of think we would have won our race if we didn't wreck as much. Uh, You know, with a fourth finish, fourth place finish, you know, and we were out, we were in the pits for at least an hour of for repairs overall i mean so if you would we would have cut that down i imagine we could have won that thing but we also have i want to just shout out we had some help from some outsiders you know we had a lot of teammates on the cars but we did bring in other people taylor burris james Menzi, william cochran and then on our car jacob klein who did a fantastic job yeah and jacob but a big shout out to him on my side because he I think he made it probably 20 of the 24 hours in team speak. Uh, <laughs> he drove a lot through the day and, and he was there a lot. I started around 1130 and went till around five in the morning. And he, he ended up leaving around four in the morning. I think, I mean, he, you could tell he was starting to wear down, but he put a lot of laps in for us. He's a quick driver and, and he stayed around to, to support us also. Yeah, he did great. Um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that drop there. In the middle of the race, there are a lot of people that dropped out. And you, you had mentioned, Carlos, across all splits, it all happened at once. Yeah, yep. So Pretty iRacing easy. did put out a story after the fact about this. Uh, basically, uh, Chris Page, who is the vice president of technology and their networking guru, he basically wrote uh, a short article about what he thinks happened and why and i don't know if you guys saw that but uh, what do you think that's the first time i'm reading it yeah he quite honestly quite quite frankly i don't think it matters right not to not to straw man the conversation but at the end of the day there's 10 different parts of the connection depending on how it goes when we had the uh, Q-Bar issue, and I was on the Q-Bar team with uh, Ricky Thompson and a few other people, we were running WinMP- WinMTR and basically ping, ping tracing the specific servers from our own to theirs. And every, every time we were getting drops on one of iRacing's servers, 
and it narrowed it down very quickly. And then they figured out how to fix it. If everybody traced themselves to the servers, they'd be able to look at it and say, you can Google every one of those addresses and it'll tell you who it is. And then you can Google again to see if iRacing uses it. So the Telia one was an iRacing server, and I knew right away I was getting 50 to 90% packet loss there, and we're done. So regardless of, I mean, it's unfortunate that everybody gets dropped, things happen, blah, 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 but it's the Internet. I mean, there's going to be problems. There's how many different countries and people involved and different connection qualities and all this stuff, and it's like you want to blame iRacing for all of it, but at the end of the day, sometimes it's your own side. You really need to be responsible for yourself up to your service provider. And then everything between you and iRacing's connection is neither us nor them. And then everything right. from you know iRacing's service provider to their servers is on them. When something happens, you got to do something about it. And I think we in the forums, there's always a tendency to immediately start blaming people instead of trying to solve problems. You know, this article, he says a lot, but he doesn't really pinpoint anything specifically. It's kind of like you said, there's a lot of moving parts, and he just kind of talks about that. But there's no real solution or cause at this point that I see, you know, written down here. Yeah, like, who can, I don't care if it's the only thing that I care about for me personally is that iRacing is doing their part. And in every instance where I've had a problem, they brought me in to work with them, which was on the Q-Bar side. And that came about with a Q-Bar split, the right side and the left side, so that they could give people more information. But as long as I am good from myself to my service provider, right, and as long as iRacing is good between their servers and their service provider, the eight different jumps that happen between those two entities, you can't kill iRacing for, and you can't iRacing can't kill us for it. But you got to do something about it. And that's where iRacing could really be effective if they came in and said, we acknowledge this, we recognize this, and this is how we're going to make this situation better for everybody. That's yep. where the leadership comes in. I agree. But for iRacing to come on or somebody from the forums be like, ah, you know, whatever, we have these technical problems. It's like, I don't, okay, cool. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next topic. Uh, NIS Twitch channels. Uh, we're going to talk some forum stuff. Scotty actually started this thread in the forums. Hey, let's get everybody's Twitch uh, uh, published here so everybody can, uh, you know, check it out. So if you got a Twitch channel, you go find that uh, that thread and um, and get yours up there. There's quite a few listed there. I got a. Uh... I contacted iRacing to get that pin for Scotty. I was like, hey, hey, that's a good one. There's another one actually in the video screenshot section where uh, another person has put a post up with a lot more information about all of the people who do streaming. So I took the NIS page and I linked it over there so that they could cross talk, so to speak. That was right. a good one, Scotty. Nice work. Yeah, good work on the Thanks. Twitch, uh, Twitch uh, thread. Yeah, I, I really, I, I mean, I think it's good for the community. Uh, it's a way to, for the people to promote their own channels. Uh, I started it in a selfish way because my uh, my simulator is in the basement. Uh, it's the only desktop computer in the house. It's really the only computer I care to have iRacing loaded on. Uh, and I still like to watch. I mean, you know, there's times, uh, you know, laying in bed at night, there's nothing on TV. I'd like to watch some iRacing. I, I have a good time watching replays on YouTube, and I learn a lot about strategy. Uh, so, uh, you know, I wanted to get some, some channels added to my Twitch account. So if I'm on my iPad or my smart TV, I can hop on there and, and check it out. We're going to be streaming, or at least I hope to stream, every Monday night's A Open race until NIS starts. Hopefully. If I can get this. I got this... Uh, the IRTVO overlay working from, I think, Jason Allison. I got that from him. I did a few customizations. So I got that overlay working. We usually have a, one or at least one person in the top split and another person in the second split. But on Monday night, look for one of the two on our uh, channel. No excuses racing. I'll have a YouTube up of that race. 
in fairness, though, it's really just um, me broadcasting for our sponsors and for our guys. So I'm not broadcasting like it's a TV broadcast, you know. It's kind of like when you get that satellite in-car stuff and you can pick like Dale Jr. and just watch him race instead of listening to the channel. It's kind of like that. Yeah. I don't really do any broadcasting, so you can just have it running. It's like having it muted with the TV on. You That's do get kinda, the car noise. Really. I kind of did that for some league for one race and didn't turn out so well. Yeah. Uh, we got a couple topics that... Uh, you know, kind of tie back into the the twenty four hour race, but uh, <laughs> in general, they they give give you some good conversations. We don't need to spend a lot of time on them, but the, the first is uh, we can probably leave names out of it. But a, a a team that that had supposedly prepared a lot for the twenty four hour race got down to the wire and needed to fill a couple spots, so they they put a uh, a guy on their team, registered him and even let him get in the car for the that pre-race practice for a half hour and uh, as the story goes the the team leader that was supposed to start the race went out to to feed his cat or walk his dog and he comes back and the the, the guy they had let on their team had gritted the car uh started the race and uh, apparently there was some some communication over the the race chat uh, where the guy's telling him to get out of the car and he kind of drove it around for a little while and and finally came in but uh, probably should have just let that one go but he put it on the forums and kind of blew up for a while before they deleted it so should I play like a little excerpt of that sure give me a second yeah if you got it you got a recording of it oh there's there's a yeah there was a, a feed where the guy cut 30 seconds of it get out get out of that car dude get out of that car <laughs> Abbas, get out of the car now yeah and that's oh, that, was being broad, that was broadcast over the you know all teams so everybody with a stream caught it too oh, it was I, saw, I saw the forum post afterwards before it got removed but it was a, one of those classic forum posts. <clears throat> you know, the guy is like, don't protest me, dude. You know, I got one more race to go in the pro. Please don't protest me. You know, I mean, I kind of feel bad for the guy. But man, how do you make such a big mistake like that? But it's not only his fault. It's the team, too, that still had him on the team. You know, they had to have known he could have tried something like this. <laughs> well, th- there was obviously some some communication issues there there was there was some big packet loss between the team manager and the new guy yeah <laughs> and then, uh, somebody comedy. made a little graphic or something of the guy uh what was it called grand theft auto or something and <laughs> grand theft abbas yeah that's what it was and uh anyway it was kind of funny um yeah, I mean, Abbas, he's usually in, in my splits on the, the A-car side, and he's he's not a bad driver. I mean, he's got a 2000-ish IR on the oval side and a 4.99 SR. He usually finishes around where I do or sometimes ahead of me. So, I mean, the guy's not terrible, but apparently on the roadside he's pretty bad. But the you can check those stats, right? I mean, I, I think he had like a, a real low SR and and only like a 500 IR. So if you were that serious about the the 24 hour race, I'm not sure why you would let somebody like that on a team. Right. I see the VAT tax on here. <laughs> Yeah. Hit that next. <laughs> yeah, that's the next topic uh, for the for for the people outside the U.S. What's happened is uh, you're going to be charged tax now when you buy anything from iRacing. Uh, it's called VAT or value added tax. In the past, iRacing has always just absorbed it, um, but it's gotten to a point where they can't justify that anymore, and they need to pass that tax on. And I think there are a lot of uh, well, not a lot, but there were certainly some people in the forums. Uh, complaining about it. Oh, you know, they're just wanting more of our money kind of thing. But I don't think it's unreasonable to pass on a tax. I mean, that's put on by governments. You know, iRacing shouldn't have to pay that. 
Well, there's a lot of, com- I guess a lot is pretty generic, but there are discussions about the cost of iRacing and then the tax and the increases and whatever else that you want to come up with about the decrease in uh, discounts to fifty percent off on Thanksgiving, Black uh, Black Friday. So it's been like one after the next after the next for some people, you know. And in their defense, in Europe and some parts of other parts of the world, it's like extremely expensive. <laughs> the exchange rate isn't exactly great. I guess. Right. If that happens, you know, it, at least in, they're given notification that they're going to be doing that and people know that it's doing and then they can make decisions about it. And people, you know, the forums are there to make comments. So, I mean, the place is kind of toxic right now with some of the stuff that's going on with the forums. But you can you can look in other places and see some fantastic stuff that offsets all the negativity. So, right. It only takes one good conversation to make all of that chatter go away, in my mind. But the VAT thing, I think that there's some reason to be concerned about it. Like, that, are they getting it correct? Like, do they have the who's figuring that out, and how do you check it? Because it's it's not easy to understand that depending on where you are, because the it, it's not the same formula in each country and in each state. Yeah, and I think that at the end of the day, the important thing to realize is that, you know, it's not iRacing raising any rates. It's not them passing on anything to consumers. Uh, every other company in these uh, these members' countries uh, charge a VAT to them as well. I know I've ordered some stuff uh from from some companies where they charge VAT within their country, but you know, because we live in the United States, they take it back off. But you know, this isn't something iRacing's doing. Their countries are the ones that are pushing the issue, and sometimes you can't fight that. We uh, we have a couple topics we can skip. Uh, I think one big one, just so we can hit it while it's hot. Uh, yeah, iRacing dropped the uh, new Porsche uh, 911 GT3 Cup car yesterday. Uh, I know I downloaded it. Carlos, you said you downloaded it. What are yeah. your thoughts? Well, I don't know. Everyone always seems like when a new car comes out, they label it as the best car ever. And that's <laughs> yeah. usually the case, though, because every time a new car comes out, it's usually better than what they had previously for other stuff. But this is seems to be on a new level for some reason. I don't know if it's because they mentioned a new tire model that came to this car specifically that was supposedly derived from dirt, but not. I don't know 100% sure on that. Um, but I, you can kind of feel that. And a lot of people out there were... Uh, just saying, you know, it might be a placebo effect, but the thing was, I drove the car before. I even read anything and didn't even pay attention, and then I go back and look at things and look at the forums, and then see what's going on. Saying, you know what, this makes sense because the car did feel good. You can, you could uh, get it sideways and just bring it right back in line with no issues. You know, with GT cars like this, if you just one millisecond too slow, it's gonna snap the other way and you're putting you in the fence. This one, I never really uh, got the feeling of that. Not to mention that the the sounds, too, are pretty good for this car. So there's a lot going for it. And this is the step that uh, iRacing's going. They need to do this for all the cars because I think it's uh, it, it'll be hard to beat then, my opinion. I agree with you, Carlos. I, I put maybe 10 laps on it yesterday uh, at Daytona. And... I did that before I read the forums, and and I agree, it definitely has a lot different feel. It's much more controllable and realistic feeling. Never drove the rough, so I don't have a good comparison, but definitely had a different feeling about it. Oh, it's a big difference between the rough. I had the same thing uh, going through my head. So, oh, this is probably just a rebadged rough car, you know, same everything, but no, it's completely different. I mean, I practiced the rough after this, and... Something to do with the steering is obviously the steering ratio is a little different, and this car, the new Porsche, doesn't have the pogoing effect that the old car had, the rough had. Because if you would touch a curb with that car, it would just bounce and eventually send you, you know, around. This car never felt that way, so it's pretty fun. If anyone wants to buy it, I'm not sure about it, say go for it. 
Yeah, and you you had mentioned before yeah. this dropped that uh, the rough car, you were hoping the Porsche would be a little more racy on the inside. And uh, there's a, a couple f threads on the forum where people are posting videos. Uh, one in particular video is a guy with VR, and it's really amazing to see him look around the inside of the car, and it, it looks just like a Porsche 911 GT3 car. I guess we could mention that this is not a GT3 car. At least I don't think it is because it's a little bit, it's about three seconds, four seconds slower. And it feels like I said, the rough C-spec, it's almost identical in the way they, uh, the, the speed that they got. I took them around the old Daytona. Yeah, road course. They ran about a 149 with each. Yeah, I think in a thread somewhere, iRacing has said this is not a, a GT3 class car along with the other cars. That's just the, the model name of the Porsche car. Yeah. So just hopefully no people get confused. You know, thinking it's a GT3 car and it's not. It's just, like I said, it's like the C-Spec. So in other words, like the old... GTD cars from Mimza before they went to GT3. Old school. Yeah, it's a pretty neat deal, and I, I've watched uh, some Porsche Cup races. Uh, my wife and I went to the Formula One race in Texas this year, and one of the extra classes they had was the Porsche Cup, and they're they a really neat series to watch and and have a lot of uh, a pretty big following. Now all racing needs to do now is get us a stadium super truck and we'll be happy. For anyone who's ever watched those, they're awesome. Uh, one thing, uh, we're kind of coming up on the hour here. Uh, one thing I wanted to get in is a, a, a new development here that uh, I shared to our team this morning. Uh, something that Steve Myers had put on Twitter. Uh, that Kevin should be dropping the 2017 NIS schedule today. Uh, and, and in that, he says that there there will only be four full-distance races. Uh, Hammer, you got anything on that? Yeah, finally. Well, that pleases me. There's been too many full-length <laughs> races in NIS. So finally, they hear us uh, get that back to where it should be. Yeah. Make it, what would it be, the 500? And Brickyard, and what else? Probably There's, Southern 500 and Homestead. If you go and do a Google search on, uh, what did I call them, signature NASCAR events, like do some kind of Google search on that, and you'll see that there was an interview, I think that Fox Sports did, with um, drivers, and they asked them what four or five races they thought were the four you know, races, whatever that were important. Now, I will disclose that I took that article in a link and I sent it over to iRacing as just like a suggestion, you know, that there was three clear ones, you know, Daytona, Indy, and Darlington. I think it was Darlington, Daytona. It was Daytona, Indy, Darlington, I think. The Charlotte 600. Or, or the Charlotte. But once you get into the third, fourth, fifth signature races, it's not like a home run. So... Having 10 of those signature races doesn't make sense. Right. Less than five makes sense. And it's not to say that anybody listens or without, you know, they, they do what they want. But I threw out a suggestion that less than five seems like a reasonable thing to do. So it looks like they came back and they had conversations and did whatever and said four based on what the tweets are. And I think that schedule is coming out today or tomorrow. I think that's what they said on the tweet. Yep. So that's good. I think if people will be happy with that. And another thing that's nice about it, from my standpoint, trying to help facilitate, I didn't have to put up another series of polls that I kind of felt like people were sick of doing. So that was good. They, they did me a favor in that regard, and I think they did the NIS some justice by cutting down all those races. You know, I think it's half. I think there were 10 last year. Yeah, I'm going to call it that uh, by the end of the day today, if they release that, there will be more polls in there on people trying to get them to add extra ones in. Well, you can't please everybody, but yeah, I, think, no. I think most people think it was too much. 
Yeah, it kind of was. It's just you gotta be the right kind of person to be able to race all those at all. Like for ten times, like you said last year, and some some people uh, don't have the time to do that. I guess. Yeah. yeah, I don't think. I don't think it's a bad idea to have a once a week series on a weekend, maybe during the night on a weeknight or a weekend night, like Saturday night doesn't interfere with NIS that is just a schedule of full length races to give those guys that want to do that uh, a relief uh, to, to do that. Uh, But I don't think you group the whole NIS together on that because by John's uh, polls that he did on the forum, it clearly stated that the majority wanted fewer. It just becomes too much. I'm glad to sorry, Carl, that we cut you off there. No, it's good. I'll just I'm all done. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, I'm glad that you guys got to this because I got to go tend to my new puppy here. He's nine weeks old and uh, <laughs> I got to get out of here. Thankfully, the wife's been helping me out for the past hour here, but uh, I'm going to punch out and I'll see you guys for the next one. All right. Good luck uh, with the dog there, Hammer. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks a lot for joining us, John. Yep. Always a pleasure. We'll see you next time around. All right. Yep. Did you have uh, any other topics you wanted to cover this week, Mike? Oh, that's to go into wrap-up, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts, uh, Mike? Well, uh, let's talk about the podcast just a little bit. Uh, we, we've kind of been sporadic on our scheduling, as people might have noticed, but... Um, it's just a matter of timing and trying to get people to do it. Scotty, you're doing a great job hosting today, and we've had other people hosting, and we're going to continue to do that. We're going to rotate. This is a team effort, uh, Team Tifosi. Uh We've been recruiting, and we have a bunch of new blood coming in. Um, we're going to do another podcast early next week. Uh, Scotty, I think you're going to lead that, and we're going to talk to some of those new recruits and uh, get to learn, get to know them a little bit, get them involved in the podcast. Uh, so I'm excited about it, you know, to get the season rolling. Uh, my schedule uh, with my new job has been prohibitive uh, for being involved in racing and the podcast in general. They are actually going to change my schedule mid-February to another shift, which I don't know what that shift is going to be. And I hope it works out where I can be more involved than I have been the last few months. So um, regardless, we have enough people in depth on this team. You know, the podcast continues. And so so for those people out there wondering where we've been and what's going on, just hang in there. I'm sure as we get into regular season, uh, you know, we'll get back to a regular weekly schedule. So uh, thanks for, uh, you know, being a fan and hanging in there. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Uh, Carlos, you got any final thoughts? Eh, Not really. (laughs) As usual. Uh, Myself, uh going to keep pounding the pavement trying to get some ir i set a goal for myself of uh 2250 at the start of nis uh texas has really been good to me this week i'm up quite a bit uh looking like i'm on track to reach my goal as long as i don't hit anything catastrophic in the next few weeks Uh, we still got some good tracks coming up i think a lot of the series end up at charlotte next week um which I like, uh, and I know Phoenix is coming up. We're, we're down to the wire, though. Only a few weeks till uh, we start hitting the Daytona. Uh, looking forward to the uh, the Daytona 500. I'm a little leery of plate tracks, but I'm excited. To do, it'll be my first full-distance race, uh, and what better one to do it than, than the Daytona 500. Um, really proud of our team at the Daytona 24. Everybody pulled together. We got two cars in the field, which was fun. Two top fives. And uh, the team's really growing and and coming together. So um, really looking forward to what's in store. Like like you said, Mike, I think uh, we have some good things coming up. And once Daytona 500 week gets here, I think things will get back into line. You'll see a lot more participation uh, from our team as well as other uh, members of iRacing. And uh, with that, uh, I uh, appreciate all the listeners. Uh, 
as a, a group, iRacers Lounge wants to know what our listeners want to hear. If you guys have any ideas for topics, uh, any topics we don't cover, any any comments on topics we have covered, uh, leave us a comment on YouTube, uh, Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitter at Tafosi iRacing. Uh, on Facebook at Tafosi Racing. Uh, we're on iTunes. Pretty much all the main uh, podcasts uh, sites, and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, thanks a lot, guys, and uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track. <laughs>